Hey, Emily, got to give me a quick heads up. Can Chris hear me right now? He's not in the studio or in the control room, right? He's not in the studio, no. Okay, so y- you guys know how I feel about Chris, and I love his imaging. But can I just tell you guys a little secret? I'm a little disappointed when I hear his recorded imaging and not his live voice. When I know he's in the building and we get to the top of the hour and he's not in there, it's kind of a little bit of a letdown. He's a busy man, guys. Oh, no, I know. know He's he's practicing his push-ups, actually. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. But, Slee, I'm not going to lie. When I hear him come in on tape, I'm like, ah. I just I kind of get excited because I never well, know what he's feel if bring. he's in there. Right. If right. he's in the office, then you're thinking that he's coming in. There's always a possibility. I, I have a suge- suggestion, guys, based on the push-ups and stuff. So at my old job, I used to work for the NFL, and we, every combine, would do 40-yard dashes. Oof. So I think that we need sure. to do the 40-yard dash 100%. down this hallway, no matter how <laughs> sticky it is. I want to yeah. see you guys race <laughs> each other down this hallway through sales all the way up to the bathroom, and I want to see how fast – Anybody so, can do it. Emily, you weren't here yesterday. I asked this question to the, the the room. When was the last time you ran as fast as you could? Not just like a jog or like a workout on a treadmill. I'm talking full sprint. When was the last time you did that? Um, I think I did it as part of a competition at this like, gym I used to work at probably like six months ago. Okay, so, that, so that's you, not that you, far. But I, the, and I was not very fast. I was, but you're the second. Like Taylor does it on the regs apparently because that's Taylor. And He's that's just running he runs from a people. He runs a 4-4-40. Four, 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 I would be so if we're running down the hallway at work, I would be in the hospital by the time I got to the elevator. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, that was, if that were the course, it would be done. It's uh, it's not going to happen. I don't think we can do combine activities. You ready for some uh, tweets here, Slee? We got some good ones. Yeah, let's see. What what do you got? This is from Capitano Matt. This is a suggestion for your new Muay Thai fighting business sure, that you're going to sure. order. It <laughs> this slogan should be "Strike hard, strike harderer." Hashtag Slee Kwando. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ready for that? Put that on the wall? Yeah, I, I, we're working on some signage right now, so I'm glad he got to me before <laughs> we went to print. <laughs> this is from Big E, who says, Trav, you know it's real when Slee walks in with cauliflower ear on Monday. You should definitely get that going, so that way we know you've been can on the you, mat Can you time. imagine running your mouth to somebody that has the cauliflower ear? Can you it's imagine that? That's just a that's a really, really bad decision that you see a dude like that. That's what he does for a living. That's he what he does it. for a living. He likes it. They, so there are guys. I have a couple of friends, thankfully yeah. not too many because that could get a little dicey, who like to fight. Like they look forward to physical confrontation with other people. Um, I miss it in a recreational sense from doing it in the water as in water polo. Like I miss the aggression of being able game, to like though. let it out though. I, I hear what you're saying. Basketball, like, physical. You're having you exactly. know like that's different. We're talking like about people fights. that literally fights. fight for a living. Fights. Like when you are playing water polo, it's physical. There's dragging. There's holding people underwater. I, I get it. It's a very physical game. But the object of the game is not to punch you in the face. The object True. of a fight is to punch you in the face. And there are some guys that like that. So. Uh, Get that cauliflower ear going, Slee. You should have it. I'll give you two weeks. If yep. you've been going to the gym for two weeks, I'm going to give you a couple of, uh, couple of weeks to get it swollen and, and get it going. You ready for one more? Yeah. It's from John Ferris, and John writes, My wife and I are having a serious problem. He wants you to be a relationship counselor here. Sure, sure. Yep. When I ask her anything challenging, she mm-hmm. says, Ask Alexa. I say, No, dear. I have to ask Slee. Now she's calling me a Slee bot. What should I do? Um, I'll reply to him. I'll, I'll direct message him. I'll give him my cell. And what I'd like to really do is FaceTime with the three of them. 
Just have a conversation. A little group therapy? Yeah, sit back. Get yourself a nice green tea. <laughs> we'll um, we'll have a conversation. We'll How does that make you feel? Eat some crackers before. I don't know. Do they eat crackers before? I don't know if that's a good, I don't a good idea. That's the know. best That's the best reason I've heard to go to therapy. If there's crackers in the waiting room, I'm in on that. Can the test. Get, there's no get crackers. Get some crackers. <laughs> get some green tea. And then we'll just sit down and have a you know lengthy conversation. We're going to figure this out. Why? I'd be the worst. Why would there be crackers at a therapy session? Just like saltine you're shoveling in your mouth while you're crying. Little Ritz or some club crackers or oyster crackers. Like, what are we taking sure. through Dr. Sleeve's no, waiting I, I, room? Here's the thing. I'm not sure. And it, as it was coming out and I was sharing that with the group, I was like, Sleeve, what, what are we going to do with the crackers? Like, why, why would there crackers be there? But I was already in. I was already all in. That's what makes my therapy session unique than the competition <laughs> out there. crackers. <laughs> All the other competition, they don't they have crackers have out there. They just have tissues and hand sanitizer. You got crackers. <laughs> most most therapists are going to have you talk about your feelings and what's going on. At Doctor Sliwa, we're going to feed you. <laughs> That's the mood. And if you if you get through your crackers, we got a bowl of potato cheese soup waiting for you in the back room as well. I I like it a lot. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Let me ask you this: um, Are you as surprised as I am that we're not throwing a Freddie Freeman party right now? Because I, when, when they made the deal for Matt Olson yesterday, yeah. when the A's traded Olson to the Braves, and the players in Atlanta were very emotional about it, that the general manager, Alex Anthopoulos, for the Braves was very emotional about Freddie Freeman moving on. I thought it was a matter of hours until Freeman was going to announce he was coming to L.A. Here we are more than 24 hours later. It hasn't happened. I'm not going to lie. Slee. I thought it would have been done by now, and that it's not makes me think that some other guys got into the mix late that may be swinging this thing. Yeah, I am surprised. I am surprised because, you know, we are having the conversation. I think you and Greg were both leaning towards, hey, he's probably going to end up with the Atlanta Braves. And then the trade goes down. So now you're, you know, just naturally saying, okay, well, Freddie Freeman to the Braves, that's over. Since all the discussion has been about the Dodgers, why wouldn't you think that, um, Muncie's going to slide over to second, and Freddie Freeman's going to be at first. And look at all the talent that they have. And yesterday you were bringing it up. Is this even fair for them to go out there and just continue to get the type of talent that they're getting? Yeah. Um, 24 hours later that we're still having the conversation that he hasn't landed somewhere else. What other teams are involved? Did we hear Red Sox might be involved? So the, the Red Yankees. Sox are the latest team to get in on it. There, there, okay. There's a couple of kind of outliers in this thing, too. Like Tampa is allegedly in I on saw this, that. which yeah, saw that. doesn't make a ton of sense. Toronto, uh, right? Because Toronto is in on it. So basically it's the entire American League East other than Baltimore and the Dodgers. And, and so that's, again, I don't know. The Yankees are an interesting one, but they, according to their reporters, they are not optimistic that that's going to get done. Why would you want to go to Toronto or Boston or Tampa when L.A. is a possibility and everything that comes along with it? All right, I don't so understand. well, I'll make the case here. Um, first of all, Boston's a really good team as well. Obviously, a fantastic organization. It's all about winning. So I think the I don't think throwing Boston under the hey, I don't think that's going to be a, a, a good can, place. I don't can, think you're going to have a here, winning culture. It's not the winning culture. You left out a part. Everything you said is true, but you left yep. out one part. They're miserable. Have you? The, the, the Red Sox fans are a miserable, angry, bitter, insufferable group of people. And if they, if he doesn't show up on opening day and go three for five with a couple of doubles and a homer, they're going to boo his ass. That's what they do in no, Boston. No, that, that shouldn't be the pitch. That should not be the pitch. The pitch should be 
come to L.A. because they've been the best-run organization for the last no, no, 10 years. I, I get that, but the, the only downside to Boston, because you're right about the baseball. They are committed to winning. They do spend money. They do. The, the, the fans are, are invested, but they're in, in L.A. Welcome home, buddy. And you don't have to be the thing that puts us over the top. It's a it's the but best. That is pitch the, in the surprise world. that it didn't get done in 24 hours. Yes, right. Like that. That's that is why I'm not optimistic. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know because I, I don't know it, how this plays out. Yeah, didn't you? I, I thought for sure. Oh, they traded for Matt Olson in Atlanta. Get ready, Max Muncie. Get a new glove. Go to second base because we got some infield work to do. Freddie Freeman's on his way here, and then it's not done. I, I don't know. The other part that we we heard from uh, Julio Arias yesterday. He's skinny. Apparently, he said that uh, he did not drop like twenty. He dropped like twenty, and he's yeah. kind of a—he's a much bigger guy than I think people realize. Uh, mm-hmm. Not only is he kind of a, a relatively tall guy, but he's thick, right? Mm-hmm. He's kind of a thick guy, so he's down to about two twenty something. He was at two forty something last year, and all he had to do was get rid of Coca Cola and cookies. He's, he said it was hard, but that's how he, he dropped the weight. He ate a little better. He didn't go back to Mexico during the off season. He stayed in Arizona, and he uh, got rid of Coca Cola and cookies. Yeah, I'm trying to find his exact quote here. He said, obviously trying to leave behind the temptations, the candies, the Coca-Cola, which are very good, honestly. I like He's how not he threw wrong. that in. But I like how he threw that in at the end. Like it Still wasn't, haunting him that he can't have it. Right. <laughs> it was the ghost right, of was, Coca-Cola and candy, right? It wasn't the, hey, I've turned the chapter. Those days are over. Guys, come on. Look at me now. No, it was... Which are very good, honestly. Like, just the reminder <laughs> Next offseason, he's hitting it again. <laughs> if you forgot what it tastes like. Um... Yeah, I, I think the uh, the Julio piece, a lot of, lot of interesting quotes on there. A lot of interesting quotes of kind of looking back to last season, reflecting how things played out, how the Dodgers used them. I think, uh, I, I, I don't know if, you know, obviously Dodger fans got a chance to read this article, but T-Raj, we, we can hit on this coming up, uh, coming up next. But I, I thought it was very interesting, some of the stuff that he said. Dodger fans need to recalibrate their pitching expectations coming into the season. It's going to look very, very different, especially at the beginning, than anything you've ever seen before. That's next. It's Travis Salee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Okay, guys, before we get into it all, I, I have a defender in my, in my camp on Twitter. So Raul Perez says, ha- oh, in the response to my teeth brushing, yep. so have they ever tried orange juice for breakfast after brushing their teeth? Does it make sense to brush your teeth before breakfast? So when I, I was thinking about it since the last talked about it, I don't want my bacon, egg, and cheese to taste like mint. 
I, I don't feel like my mouth tastes like anything when I wake up in the morning. So I eat my bacon, egg, and cheese or whatever else I'm eating in the morning. Fresh from the after that. I'm sold. Travis I, is just silent Travis, and shaking I'm, his head at me. I'm Ugh. sold. I, uh, starting tomorrow morning, will refuse to brush my teeth when I wake up <laughs> and when I go to bed. Kiss. And when I go to bed. Just let it ride. Yeah. I want it. I don't, I want, don't to affect, want anything you know, to ruin the taste. I'm going to get uh, a sea bass on Friday. So I, I'm going to make sure that starting on Tuesday, I don't brush my teeth because I would pay to foul the experience of the meal that I have coming up just, on Friday. I'm getting I have a sea bass on Friday. Yes. That's awesome. Um, I have plenty guys, of space in between my, my uh, brushing and you, my eating that is, I don't taste the mint. Well, here, here's the thing. Let's, let's, let's just play a little game of hypotheticals here. Alarm clock. Eh, eh, eh. All right, it's time to start a new day. Pop up out of the bed. I'm going to have a great day today. You walk over to the sink. You brush your teeth. Splash a little cold them. water on yeah, your you face. Yeah, you got to brush them and then go. You don't have to. The second you go into the sink and get rid of the toothpaste, you don't have to shove a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich in your mouth. You can take 10 minutes and then maybe have a glass of water. Maybe drink a little coffee to get whatever those things might be. It's not – they don't have to be done within eight seconds of one another. Okay, but I also hate the coffee taste. So okay, if I Emily, have a coffee, I got a question. I got a question. Do you drink Do you drink water in the morning, like when you wake up? I have, uh, I have a full. I have a full glass of water when I wake up. Yes. Okay, so I brush my teeth. Yes. Put throw a little uh, water on the face. And yes. rookie I have a full, full glass of water. Yeah, Rookie's yes. hallucinating back there. Full <laughs> glass of water. Sounds and then, like there's a thunderstorm in your house. Al. What's going on back there? No, I have the I have the LAPD trying to get in. It sounds like <laughs> they got the battering ram back. They're coming through with that little tank thing. That's They're not getting the battering in. ram on the. They're floor. not getting in. That's rookie right now. Side. But you have a full glass of water after that. Whatever you kind of brush your teeth, and it's you're kind of it's and, all fair game after that. You're good after. Okay. That. Do you have like a glass of water uncovered? Like, don't you hit it over? Don't you worry about that in the morning? I don't know. What do you mean? Wait, say it again. Like, I'm worried about if I have a glass of water next to my bed that I'll hit it and then I'll get it all. No, no, no. I'm I'm talking about like I I go to the kitchen and I pour myself a glass of water. I'm not saying it's next to my my bed. Everything needs to be close to me in the morning. I have a I'm kind of bumble out of the bed in the morning. I was I was going to I sound you sound like the Tasmanian devil coming out of your bag (laughs) or your bed. I should say that this deal where you're knocking things over, you're stepping over pizzas and that you brushing your teeth and you meet. I just here's what I want you to try. Emily. (laughs) When you wake up tomorrow morning, take a deep breath, collect yourself for the morning and say, you know what? Uh, What's tomorrow? Tomorrow. It's Wednesday morning. Here's what I'm going to try. I'm going to go over there. I'm going to brush my teeth. I'm going to take. 10 seconds. Splash, splash a little cold water on my face. Take another 15 or 20 seconds. Go to your kitchen or your bathroom if you got a cup or whatever. Pour yourself a little glass of water. Drink a little bit of water. And just see. Give Throw it some lemon minutes. in there. Throw some <laughs> lemon in there, too. Okay, that's take just five, too much. Tie, take five minutes to just kind of maybe get dressed, maybe take a shower, whatever it is, and then go have your breakfast. And I promise you it won't taste like Crest or Colgate or whatever your brand of choice is. It will be fine. Sounds And suspicious you will find out that you, no, it's you don't. Like there won't it. be. I like the sound suspicious to me. I like that. I like that, Emily. <laughs> hey, don't hey, trust them. Don't out. trust them. I don't know about what. Like in my mind's eye, I see like this. Like you know, like when you watch those terrible videos of like a tornado hitting a town, and you can just tell exactly where it went through and everything yep. it knocked over. I yep. picture that going on in the morning with Emily, just going to you. Just take a totally breath. Wrong. <laughs> take a breath. Slow down. It's fine. If you if you're worried about time, get up five minutes earlier. 
It's fine. That's not negotiable. And this is also <laughs> me without TikTok. I don't have something else oh, right. to distract me in the morning. It's been really difficult, guys. I've been craving and itching for TikTok. I have TikTok people I follow. You still have it? You still have worse? It? Wait, you still, still haven't have, watched any of it? I still haven't watched any of it. Good so for I, you. I that's impressive. That's two day. weeks now. That's, that is that's impressive. Her, her and I follow the same, uh, like, mom and daughter, and the mom was pregnant <laughs> when I left TikTok, and I was like, hey, Maggie, did, uh, they, did, they, have their, did they have their son? Do you this know is like these parasocial people? Re- no. Do you know these people? This is then parasocial relationships. I have to know, No, Travis. but you don't. You don't. I guarantee you, your heart's going to keep beating. Your lungs will fill with air. You will be able to walk outside and experience a beautiful day if a stranger you don't know has a baby. You I have promise. a lot of good Emily, points let me tell you and something. don't make any sense. <laughs> Emily, let me tell you something. Don't listen to him. What, where your head is at is the right headspace to be at. What Travis is trying to tell you is completely false wrong. You know what he sounds like? He sounds like a car salesman right now that's trying to sell something to you. Well, look, the car that I'm selling you is a good car. It's a happier car. It's a healthier car. It is a less uh, it's a Silverado. It, that's what it is. Intellectually cluttered uh, car. There's just there's a lot of upsides to this. All right. Um, I was right, waiting for the like a rock, and it just it comes in so perfect, so quietly. Let's try a quick phone call here. Let's go to Aaron in Santa Barbara. Aaron, you're on with Travis Lee. Go Gauchos. What's up, Aaron? Hey, Brother Gaucho. As much as I hate to disagree with a Brother Gaucho, Uh-oh. she's 100% correct. About? Woo! Let's just, let's just assume you have, I don't know, an everything bagel after you brush your teeth. Now you have poppy seeds in your teeth. You've right. got onion and garlic breast. Then you go to work looking like that. No, you can you brush your teeth. You can brush your teeth after. Aaron. Yeah, no, no. You listen, your time on the first brush. No, you didn't. No, listen, guys. We have, we have a drought. We can't afford to brush twice. Right. Turn the water off while you're brushing your. You teeth. You know what you're I think, fine. Trav? Trav, you know what I think they're saying. It's like the equivalent of. I think what they're saying is, they want to wash the car and be very strategic when they wash the car because if they think it's going to rain the next day, like I, I feel like it's it's that. more of an example that way. But guys, you can you can brush your teeth in the morning, have a glass of water, eat your yeah. breakfast, and then brush your teeth before you go to work. That's Thanks, okay. Aaron, for calling in your very salient and good points. But then you're carrying a bladder full of water with you to work. Why do I do that? Yes. Come on, because Adam. you can use the bathroom like an adult. <laughs> and is that is that uh, not in the option tree? Hey, nope. I need I need a couple of minutes. I I had a couple of cups of coffee and a glass of water. I'll be back in forty five seconds. Nope, What's I'm with Aaron and Emily. Here? I I'm called Aaron and Emily myself. I had his number. I called him to get my my point across. I may have to uh, disassociate with Aaron as much as I like having Gauchos on the show. But <laughs> thank you for the call, Aaron. That's. Uh, that makes two of you guys. No, and Raul on Twitter. So that makes three of you guys that are uh, anti-oral hygiene. So good for you three, and good luck with that. I'm sure everybody's very excited along the way. Um, Julio Urias, we were talking about him. That feels like a lifetime ago. But just kind of put yourself back in that headspace, Al, about how weird it was the way they used him at the end of the season. Right? That they're, he's starting a game. He's coming out of the pen. He's yep. closing another game. He's coming in in the fifth. They were just, they, they were using him in ways that we're all looking at each other like saying, what's going on? Um, here's what uh, Julio had to say about it. Maybe you could feel offended, right? At the same time, what I want to do is win. I've told the coaches, I've told the manager, to me, it doesn't matter if I'm the main guy. I don't need people to say we won because of Julio. I just want to help, even if it's just for one out. I knew that I deserved to start against San Francisco, but to fight that is not something that's in me. It was the plan of the team. I'm behind the team, and thanks to God, we were able to advance. That does not sound like somebody that was loving the way he was getting used. 
right? This is a team guy. This is a guy that's willing to do whatever you need to do to win a game on any given day, and I respect him for doing that and for saying that. But I do not get anything out of that answer that's anything other than, no, dude, I won 20 games. I'd like to start the game. That's what I'm hearing when he says that. Let let me read off more because I I think there's – he says it's complicated. The truth is it's difficult to understand it. I won't lie to you. It's difficult to accept it. When the manager tells you, hey, you have – or we have this plan, your first thought is, uh, you know, he's kind of trying to figure out, like, okay, I I don't know if I fully understand this plan. Goes on to say – I don't want to speak for them, but I know they feel good doing what they do. Uh, I know that if they ask Walker, Walker would say, I don't want to pitch in relief, but I know I can do it. Um, Listen, there were a lot of question marks during that postseason run, even right before the playoffs started, right? Some question was, you know what, do you start shutting down Bueller and Julio and save these guys? Scherzer, obviously, Scherzer. another example. Yeah. Um, do you give them some rest? Forget the division. Looks like looks like San Francisco is – they're built to, to – it's meant to be for them that they're going to win this division. Just be prepared for that, you know, that postseason run. Um, he was used in a very, very odd way. I love his honesty, to be honest with you, because I think everything he's saying – a lot of fans were kind of in a similar perspective. Listen, you want to give the Dodgers the benefit of the doubt. Uh, they know what they're doing. You know what? These decisions aren't just made. Dave Roberts didn't wake up and say, guys, I'm going to run this. I'm going to try this out. I had you know a dream that- last night. What do you think about <laughs> this? I, I woke up. I brushed my teeth. I had some <laughs> lemon water. And then I ate breakfast and brushed my teeth again. But I, I, I do think, I, I think the Dave Roberts piece of it and I think the front office piece of it you give them the benefit of the doubt that what they're doing is it is unique, it is different. But Julio, a pitcher that I think you know taking advantage of is the wrong way to put it. But I, I'm sure he felt, guys, just use me the way you've been using me all year. Let me come out. I was a 20 game winner this year. Use me that way. Um, he probably felt he probably felt because of his flexibility, he was used a certain way that other starting pitchers weren't used. As in Base- Bueller, as an example. Baseball players are creatures of habit. Number one. And, and if, your, if your habit is to be all over the place, that's fine. Chris Taylor plays a different position every night. But that's Chris Taylor's kind role. Kind of thrives in that, right? right? But you know going in, hey, your role on this team is you're going to play a little center, you're going to play a little left, you're going to play some short, we might have put you in at second, you know, maybe you'll DH this. We're going we're gonna to move you around. He knows that going in. The plan for Julio was, hey, uh, you're our starting guy. And for seven-eighths of the season – they used him as that guy, and then all of a sudden they said, hey, we got this idea. It's unfair to him. Now, he did it, and he's a, he's a team guy and all those things. But here's the rub, Al. There's something that's going to happen at the start of next season that has a lot to do with what happened at the end of last season. I'll tell you what it is. It's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
Do we get to shoot new ones of those? The, the Rams getting ready for their Super Bowl defense. Mm. Uh, do we do new Trav and Slee uh, sh- shot at SoFi? Should we reach out to Caitlin and see if she wants to set that up with us again? We'll have to cut her mom out of the loop. She, yeah, remember mom... when Caitlin's mom hated me? <laughs> we have. Well, you're you're talking about it like it's past tense. I think she's probably thinking about it. Remember right that now. Caitlin's mom hates me. <laughs> I like. Did did you ever get your wine, Slee? Because they gave me wine. No. Caitlin and her mother sent me a bottle of wine. It's very nice. No, and that probably Delicious doesn't help wine. when I say that her mom hates me. <laughs> Don't remember when let you Alan and I back remember, remember when you and I were throwing dimes. You were going corner of the end zone. I was actually asking you, okay, this is what we're doing, and we had Rampage guarding you, and he couldn't stop you. Couldn't stop <laughs> no, you. You had a couple moves on him that uh, let's just say let's just say Cooper Cup thinks he uh, controls <laughs> SoFi. <laughs> Yeah, go watch Travis Rogers out I there on his turn, routes. I can turn Rampage inside out with just one little hip fake, one way or the other. And, well, a couple uh, times you just Rampage said, just throw it up. Apple. You said, <laughs> exactly. A couple times He's you just said, than Eli Apple. just throw it up, just throw it up, and then you just <laughs> yeah, went up and got it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna moss him, right? I'm just gonna go up and over Rampage, and, and <laughs> Rampage got mossed. That's how <laughs> that works. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's try a phone call right here. Let's go to AJ in LA. AJ, you're on with Travis Lee. What's up? Hey, fellas, how's it going? I wanted to chime in on the way that Julio Urias was being used, Mm -hmm. and I just think it had to do with a lot of baseball turning to analytics. If you look at the year when the Dodgers won the World Series, we put Kershaw in for the clinching game, and Kershaw has been horrible in the playoffs. But yet they gave him the ball, let him pitch, and fortunately we wound up winning the World Series in taking through but with Julio last year he was having a tremendous year to where if his turn is coming up in the rotation let him pitch if a team may be keying in on his fastball fine you put it on Julio and that catcher to like hey change the location of it yeah they may be a fastball hitting team but let's work on our location and not give them that fastball to hit I, I, I think that. you got about half of this right, AJ, in my opinion. So here, here's what it is. The the part about Kershaw sucking in the playoffs is not true. The Dodgers won the World Series a couple of years ago in large part because Clayton Kershaw pitched his ass off. Okay, so that part that historically Clayton Kershaw struggles in the playoffs, but the, the series you're talking about, he was damn good. Yes, Julio closed the show, but Clayton Kershaw was a vital part of what they got done. Let's put that aside. Number two that the, these decisions are driven by analytics. I agree with you, AJ. And and that's kind of what I wanted to get at, Slee. I think because the Dodgers, and again, free agency isn't done, there's trades, there's all of these other things. I think you're going to see a lot more of what we saw in the postseason during the regular season, which is openers. Other teams other teams as well? I, I think across the uh, across baseball. Some te- Look, somebody's always got to go first. And you said this yep. a minute ago. Andrew Friedman is – arguably the smartest guy in baseball doing his job, right? That, that his ideas, they bore fruit in Tampa. They've borne fruit in L.A. It works. He knows what he's doing. And if he thinks that the way that they used Julio is the correct way to use him moving forward and is the correct way to manage a pitching staff, because keep in mind, they're shorthanded. They've got Julio and they've got Walker Bueller and they've got Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw – I, I hope I'm wrong. I don't think you're going to get a bunch of starts out of him. If you got, okay. if you could sign up for 20 right now, I'd take it. Okay? 
Gonsolin, you're not a hundred percent. Who knows you know, what he's going to be every night? Dustin May probably not coming back until break. midseason. Yep. Right. You've got you're you're shorthanded. Trevor Bauer, so, another question mark. Who knows? Yep. Right. You're going to have a bunch of guys that are going to pitch two or three innings a day a few times a week. It's coming. The Braves started to do it a few years ago with openers. We're seeing that instead of five-man rotations, we're doing four-man rotations with a bullpen day on the fifth day. You're going to see more and more of this. Now, the players may push back a little bit because they get paid on numbers. We've been talking about that. But the fact of the matter is you're going to see more and more bullpen days will become the norm. A guy that pitches every fifth or sixth day and goes six, seven innings, that's going to be the exception. There will always be guys that do that. Like a guy like Walker Bueller, why wouldn't you use him like that? That's the better way to use him. But if I've got 12 guys on my pitching staff and I only got two guys that are air quote starters, but I got 10 other guys that I can mix and match, you're going to see more and more of it. It's a more, and you can send guys up and down. You don't have to pay guys as much. There's a lot of flexibility in that. And by the way, if Andrew Friedman thinks it works, it probably does. Well, I, I think the other question mark is going to be, you know, were the Dodgers fresh by the time the playoffs started? Absolutely not. They were not. So you went through a 162-game grind. If you're a team like the Dodgers, look, there's going to be some teams that they don't have the luxury of picking and choosing how they want to play their 162 games and be fresh for the postseason. The Dodgers um, won 105, 6, how many games they ended up Something like that. Yeah, okay, something like that, right? They won so many games, didn't win the division, eventually had to take a route in the playoffs that you and I both you know, agree is idiotic, the structure of the playoffs. So I wonder how much of this season is also going to be, guys, we are literally in a marathon. We are not like most of the other teams out there. What our goal is going to be, Julio and Bueller and Kershaw and everybody else, how fresh can we be by the time we get to the postseason? Because if you use all your bullets – by the time you get to the playoffs, and then you got a incredible five-game set against the San Francisco Giants, where there's another one where you're using everything just Burn to get out. Yeah, you got nothing left, and, and you might be a Braves team that catches fire, but also is fresher. It's healthier. They say the healthiest and the hottest at hottest at the right time. And it's just different. It's mm-hmm. just different, right? Like, let's go back to the the last time. The, the Dodgers of the 2010s up until now have been lights out. The last time the Dodgers had a decade of excellence, let's say, were the 1980s, right? That's the last time that it happened where year in and year out they were kind of in the mix. And so you would expect Fernando Valenzuela to get 35 starts. You would expect Oral Hershiser to have 35 starts. And then you'd have a handful of guys in the bullpen that would come and clean up on nights when, you know, the other guys would pitch. Now you're going to see things like this. Tony Gonsolin will have 12 starts but it'll have 45 appearances for the team. Hmm. Dustin May will have 14 starts, but he's got 37 appearances for the team. You're still going to have Walker Bueller who makes his 35 starts, but you're not going to have four or five of those guys. You're going to have one or two, and everything else is going to be Mitch or Matt. Mitch White starting tonight. He might pitch out of the bullpen two nights later because he only pitched two innings in this game. That's going to be the new reality of it. It's it's not necessarily just a hey, we burned up all our guys. We have to we have to cover innings because we mismanaged our pen. This is going to be a, this is how we manage our pen. We're just going to have guys go two or three innings at a time all season long, unless it's Bueller's turn to go, unless it's Urias's turn to go. I think you're going to see that, and I think it's going to start happening this season. 
Probably, by the way, as well, you know, you were saying that runs you don't feel like is going to be much of a problem for the Dodgers this year. Even without Freeman, I think they'll score a ton of runs. Right, and let's say he's there or he's not there, but you got the DH as well. I mean, there's going to be some there's going to be some things that you would think place to the advantage of the Dodgers, but I, I just look at it this way. I love that Julio was honest because I think a lot of fans felt the same way. Why are you using him this way? And how this season plays out and how they end up using their pitching staff and how they end up using their bullpen, if there's one thing that I'm sure the, the Dodgers organization will learn from this year is we got to be fresh after that 162. And that was, you know, obviously a big-time issue, I think, going into the postseason. Well, I'll tell you what, the fact – if this <laughs> – I really am not going to do this on purpose to throw shade at them, but let's just say the Angels came up with this plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, you'd be like, eh. I don't know, man. You guys just just because you can't figure your, your Can I tell you what out. it is? Can I tell you what it is? It's the Chargers and Staley trying yeah. to take the fourth yeah. down and it was them Perfect. that was doing it and it wasn't Belichick saying, "Guys, I got an idea." Perfect. It wasn't uh Tomlin saying, "Guys, I got an idea." Perfect. That's exactly right. So that it's Andrew Friedman that is the kind of the guy that is starting this. I feel okay about. I don't it, it, you know, it kind of it's a weird deal to know that, okay, Tony Gonsolin's pitching tonight. He probably won't even get to hit. Well, that's a bad example because they changed the rules. The DH is here. But you probably won't even go through the batting order a full time before his spot comes up, before you need to change it out, right? Because this is the new way that baseball's played. You're not going to have a guy throw 240 innings anymore. Just you're going to have, even though you're only going to carry, say, 12 or 13 pitchers, you're going to basically have 15 or 16 because you're going to shuttle guys back and forth from the minor leagues. You're going to use the disabled list as a place to wait guys until they come back. You're going to have a bunch of guys throw 120 innings as opposed to three or four throw 240 innings. That's the way that it's going to go, and it'll take some getting used to. Like the idea of, oh, can we get Bueller into the seventh inning? No, no, no. He's going to be gone in the fifth because we're going to turn this over a couple of times. And that's, and that's why the Lakers are going to beat the Timberwolves tomorrow. <laughs> So all, all of that led to, did you see Cat yesterday, Carl Anthony Towns? 60. I saw he got 60. I think 60 and 17. That's a pretty good day. And that's, that's who the Lakers got tomorrow. Do those those absolute butt kickings that they put on the Lakers twice this or earlier this season, they feel a little better, at least that we know that they're a halfway decent team now. Well, by, by because the way, at the time, they felt terrible, right? Kind of one of the more surprising. They're ten games over five hundred. Yeah. So, <clears throat> just looking at you know what they've accomplished, which is like the worst combination that you got teams now that you you thought, hey, as the schedule goes, hey, maybe that's that's not that bad of a matchup. No, no, that's a really tough game. And when you face them earlier, uh, it was already a tough matchup for the Lakers. They're all tough games. Yeah, you're right. There's not one game that's tough. They're all tough. All of them. There's not one team that's like, ah, eh, we got this. They lost to Houston a week ago. Okay, Houston is literally the worst team in the conference. Yeah, but it went into overtime. (laughs) Very very good point. Very good point. The dump is coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.
So we talked about Andrew Whitworth uh, retiring earlier today. He decided that he's had enough of playing in the NFL. We'll see what he comes up with next. The Rams also, they had some offensive line moves that they did yesterday. Joe Nopum's coming back. Brian Allen's coming back. But this is kind of weird, Slee. Johnny Hecker, the punter for the Rams, uh, was released. He was, at the, at the time, the longest tenured uh, member of the team. Johnny Hecker was the best punter in football for a handful of years. And th- this, is, this is the weird part to me. When they came to, to, from St. Louis back to Los Angeles, I'm not so sure he wasn't the face of the team, as weird as that sounds. I know Aaron Donald was on the team, but we weren't quite sure how good he was. He, he doesn't talk a lot, so there wasn't a ton of, hey, Aaron Donald is this flamboyant, boisterous guy, just quiet guy that goes to work. Jared Goff was a rookie who really didn't have a lot to say. Todd Gurley was a guy that's coming off an injury that had half of a good season. Johnny Hecker was the guy that was in the Pro yeah. Bowl every year. Johnny Hecker's pretty glib. He's pretty funny. He's a good talker. He was, and, and he was their best player on offense, or however you want to characterize it, for like three or four years. Oddly, the punter became a thing here in L.A. It's kind of sad to see him go. I don't know if you see this all the time, but I'm going to use as an example, and a lot of it is based on how do your peers like you? Jalen right. Ramsey put out this tweet, dang, one of the best teammates you can have for real much love and respect at Johnny Hecker. So it's it's uh, it's um, you could tell a lot more about certain players just on the response from your teammates. And you obviously Whitworth's going to get that is getting it, and Hecker's getting it as well. And what, at least once or twice a year, the Rams would run one of those trick plays where Johnny Hecker got to throw a pass. So you know we'll, we'll see who the new guy is when they bring him in. I wouldn't imagine they draft anybody. They'll probably have a competition in camp, but uh, who knows? You got to you got to find a punter that's got an arm. Johnny Hecker, yeah. high school quarterback, pretty good one. Pretty good one. I remember asking him at training camp one day because he was like a high school All American at quarterback or something. I said, you know, why? And he was getting recruited to play quarterback out of high school. He goes, and did you say, hey, I can probably throw the ball? I feel like I could throw the dude, ball better than you can. Slee, have you ever stood next to that guy or seen him? No. He's like six six. He's a monster. Wow. He's a big, powerful athlete. Like he's a big guy. And so that's that's kind of what I'm like. Why didn't you go play quarterback? He goes because I knew I could punt for a long time in the NFL that's why anyway so uh happy trails to uh Johnny Hecker who's going to move on to another team he will not have trouble finding a new job along the way the Dodgers are going to uh, unveil a Sandy Koufax statue June 18th at Dodger Stadium certainly well deserved they're going to do it a couple of years ago during the pandemic but obviously now that we're back to more or less normal times they're going to unveil the Sandy Koufax statue something about statues right I mean you go to crypto.com arena um anytime you're out there and you see oh wow hey look there's magic there's kareem there's Shaq, there's wayne gretzky there's oscar de la hoya there's chick hearn there is something about that i mean san diego you go down and you go out to the outfield tony gwynn's there you know there's i i I don't i know it kind of sounds um there's something about statues and it's so so unique and I think Colfax to get that, obviously at Dodger Stadium, I'm sure there's a lot of Dodger fans that are excited about that. Let me see if I can put into words what you're getting at here. That There are great players. Mm-hmm. Then there's the Hall of Fame. Then there's getting your number retired. And then there's getting a statue. And like you're getting – It's the highest and, honor. It, it it's the highest is. honor. There is There are a lot of guys that are in the Hall of Fame that don't have statues. Mm-hmm. There are guys that have had their numbers retired. But very, very few of them ever get immortalized in a statue like that. And that's where Sandy Koufax clearly belongs. You know, we were kind of making a joke during the break 
the Dodgers should basically have like a little, I don't know if they put it in that new outfield concourse area or up top where they have some of the retired numbers and Vince Scully's mic and that kind of stuff. It's really cool. But like a little left-handed pitcher corner. We can do Sandy Koufax. Kershaw's getting a statue at some point. I mean, yep. he's, he's one of those guys. And while maybe his game doesn't justify it, his impact absolutely does. Can we throw a little Fernando statue out there as well? Just have our little three left-handed starting pitchers because Fernando needs some love. Too. What Dodger fan's going to say no to that? None. Not, None. Not, not a single one. Doesn't that answer the question? You know, sometimes you, you bring up, hey, should this person, sh- should his jersey be retired? And then you really kind of go into this whole, well, this, well, that. Fernando's one of those, any Dodger fan, you want to do anything to recognize Fernando, there's no Dodger fan that's going to argue against that. I'll go a step further, Slee. For people well, that are I'll go my a step age, further after you. <laughs> <laughs> there are – the best players are one category, right? They're, that's Kershaw. That's Koufax. That's, you know, whoever might be the next guy that comes along that's a great, great player. Then there's the most popular. And I, in my lifetime, I don't know if I've ever seen a more popular Dodger than Fernando Valenzuela. Hmm. With every, everybody loved him. He was unique. Fernando he, Mania, he right? He'd hit a little bit. He'd play first base when they'd get into the 15th inning. Like, And he for a couple of years, he was as good as anybody else. That they, I don't know what it is. I know the Dodgers, you know, with one exception, only retired people, the numbers in the Hall of Fame. you got to do something for Fernando. you got to find a way to make him a part of your team history in more than just remembering it, but make immortalize it, right? Like you said, whether name, name a person that wouldn't be down, down for that. Um I don't know where your relationship status is with you and Lady Slee, but if you're getting close to the point of maybe thinking you'd like to make this a lifetime deal, you can get hitched at Taco Bell in Las Vegas. We're talking about it. Like, that's an option. That's definitely an option. Cause only $600. Only 600 Not bucks. Not bad. By the way, Crunchy Taco Supreme, you know, there's also <laughs> items there that you can get Bubba while you're blast. there. You can get uh, – there's combos, the three crunchy tacos combo. I mean, there's sure. – that's what I'm trying to explain to her is, like, you, we got to think bigger. And we have to think what's the best way of stretching our dollars. So I'm making a presentation this afternoon. You can only have 25 guests, though. Apparently that's, that's the limit. Ooh, okay. That, so that's a little bit of a tricky one. Do it. So if well, we I need said, 15. What if I give you $1,200? Can we get to 50? Like, is this negotiable? Can Squeeze we everybody slide in. this around, right? I don't, I don't know who does that. I know that the, the planner that says they're doing about 30 weddings a month, like, is that just, hey, we'll goof around, we'll get it annulled right after? I or mean, you if you're going to get married your life Vegas, at Taco Bell? why not get married at Taco Bell? Like, you know, it's already, you know, a, a quickie wedding, so you might as well get some tacos out of it. Happy birthday <laughs> to Michael Scott. Michael yes. Scott. We just got to get that one in real Mike, quick. So we'll all go ice skating uh, after the show today in memory of Michael Scott. Uh, are we still on for uh, for 52? I usually get some cues here, Emily. You got to help me out here. Are we going however long we want? One minute. So Okay, so there you go. Um, that's okay, well, I, I, episodes, I have a quick question. I have a quick question. What was the Nicolas Cage thing, Emily? Is it his birthday today? Okay, no, it's not his birthday. So he has a new movie out called The Unbearable oh, Weight of Massive Talent. Yep. And he plays himself. I mm-hmm. love a, a good meta movie. And he <laughs> it got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes on the critic score, guys. So it actually might be a good movie. And listen, I'm, I'm a big Nicolas Cage person. I mean, we all know the Rock, the Rock is one of the greatest movies ever made. Dr. Okay? Stanley Goodspeed. That Say that again, Trev. That was his uh, character's name, Dr. Stanley Goodspeed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. And then Con Air wasn't bad uh, Not either. bad. Not bad. That one wasn't bad. 
Yeah, I don't think I have too many more. You're forgetting I... his finest role as uh, Brad Hamill or Jeff Spicoli's fan in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, or his buddy. Mm-hmm. He was That's one right. of the stoners along with Eric Stoltz. They would all hang out in Spicoli's van. Mason in Ireland is coming <laughs> up next. I'm sure they have much more deep thoughts on Nick Cage's new movie. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow, 10 a.m. Travis Lee, 710 ESPN.